Coming up on today's Locked On Dodgers, five resolutions for the Dodgers, and we go through all five of them. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Reen Fiends, here with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. The times we are together are rare these days, Jeff, but they are always more fun when we're together. Absolutely, and I'm just trying to figure out how far to sit from the microphone or from the camera so that our heads are roughly the same size on the screen. Even though real life, I don't think they're roughly the same size. I think mine's a lot bigger. So maybe it's okay that mine's a lot bigger on YouTube too. Yeah, this is re- this is a real real representation right here. Um, so today we uh, was saw an article on the Athletic from Fabian Ardaya, five resolutions for the Dodgers in 2022. We didn't do a resolutions episode this year just because I mean it's fairly straightforward, and even these five are a little st- straight forward to a certain extent but there's a couple big ones in there that we haven't really talked about this offseason and then a couple in there that we have so we'll, we'll we'll go through all five that he has presented and before we get into that though just uh, i want to thank you and remind you to make lockdown dodgers your first listen of the day every day we're here every monday through friday wherever you get podcasts and on youtube and free so can't complain about that but let's hop right into this. There was no other news or, or anything. Jeff, you were not hired as commissioner yet, so your episode hasn't hit the right people uh, as of yet. But, you know, there's still hope for that. But the f- resolutions, we're going we're gonna to bunch three of them together, and then the last two will be the, the second and third segments today. The first one is re-sign Clayton Kershaw. The second one is find a way to fix Cody Bellinger. And the third one is improve the bench. We've talked about all these to varying degrees this offseason, but I guess we can rank those, Jeff. Where would you put rankings on those three things or those three resolutions? Uh, like most important? Yeah. I think Bellinger's the most important. Uh, Bellinger, when he's right, is one of the best players in baseball. And, uh, you know, it's absolutely – essentials maybe not the right word but the Dodgers are a much 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 better team when Cody Bellinger is is right than when he's not and so you know as as much as it's important to me personally that Clayton Kershaw come back to the Dodgers success you know Kershaw is more replaceable or at least I mean Bellinger's going to be on the roster he's going to be in the lineup so he needs to be good uh Kershaw not coming back would just mean that they need to replace him with another starter on the baseball field. You know, the, the, what it would do to my, to me emotionally is a different question, but, uh, and, and then, so yeah, belly is definitely number one. And then, you know, I guess I'd put, I Kershaw at two in the bench at three. I think the bench is going to be in better shape. Maybe I, I might be more optimistic than a lot of people are. Uh, I think that, you know, we, we don't really know what they're going to do uh, in free agency or even trades the rest of this offseason if the offseason ever <laughs> continues. 
Um, but the the fact is, chances are you're we're gonna have a situation again where they have more starter quality guys than they have starting positions available. Uh, they have their backup catcher spot uh, all locked up in Austin Barnes for another year. And then you're going to have, you know, Chris Taylor or AJ Pollock or Gavin Lux or somebody on the bench every day, um, you know, different rotating. And so uh, bench depth is important. But yeah, so I think if I'm ranking, I'm going belly Kershaw bench. How about you? I think I go belly bench Kershaw. And this is strictly like on field, like you mentioned, strictly on field. I think Kershaw, you know, the rotation, the way it's set up, and not knowing exactly if Kershaw will be ready and everything else, there are there's really only one comparable guy available. We've talked about it, Rodon. He's the only one that could give you theoretically, you know, good enough, good a good or better season than Kershaw. Everyone else is probably a little bit lower than him, assuming Kershaw's healthy and can throw. But I also think they have, you know, as much as we've talked about starting pitching so far this offseason, they do have, you know, Gonsolin, Pepio, Andre Jackson, Mitch White. Those are four guys that can eat up those last two spots if you really need them to, or the last spot, whatever, you know, however, if they get somebody else, whereas the bench right now, I mean, you look at the 40 man roster and yeah, you're going to have one of those guys that you mentioned, not in the starting lineup, but you look at the 40 man roster and guys that aren't going to be starters that are on the 40 man right now are Jacob Amaya, Eddie's Leonard, Jorbit Vivas, you know, Matt Beatty, James Outman, Luke Rayleigh. And then one of the ones that you mentioned earlier. So it's, one of those you're gonna get when Rios back, so he'll be in there as well. But you know, you're not entirely sure what you're gonna get out of him. Beatty's still kind of a wild card because we're, we're not entirely sure what they think of him or how they're gonna use him. So I think, from what we saw last year, you know, the bench was ended up being a crucial spot because when guys did go down, you know, the guys that are placing them weren't that great. And then when everyone was kind of healthy towards the end, you still didn't have the guys to come off the bench in, in key spots. And I think that's where it sits. And then obviously, Bellinger is the biggest one because Bellinger can hide a lot of the flaws that are in the improving the bench and bringing back Kershaw because if Bellinger's right and he's giving you, you know, you don't even need him to be MVP candidate, but you know, an all-star quality player that adds so much to the offense. It lengthens the, the lineup a lot more, you know, then you got Mookie and Turner and Bellinger and, and Turner and, you know, Will Smith and everybody else that kind of falls in line after that. And it just, you know, you're putting up five runs a game pretty much if, if you can get, three of those six, seven guys in sync at one time. So I think he's the most important part. And also because, you know, you need to know if he's going to be part of your future. You know, the bench can be fixed year to year basis. Kershaw, you know, he's part of the immediate future probably, but not the long-term part of it. But, you know, you kind of need to know what you have in Bellinger and what he's going to give you. And, you know, can you have more good seasons and bad seasons? So I think that's going to you know clear up a lot of things for the future because as we know with these Dodgers, you know, the, the wheels keep churning, the wheels keep churning, but at some point, you know, you can't have a guy like Bellinger come up, be a superstar, and then kind of fade away. And then you're like, well, we were counting on him. Maybe we drafted slightly differently when he would because we thought we had somebody that was going to be there for 10 years, and maybe he won't be there 10 years. So I think that's the most important part. Yeah, for me with Bellinger, what it boils down to is health. I think that if he's healthy, you know, he's going to be really good. And, you know, obviously I all the swing tweaks that he does and everything – I think it all boils down to health. And so if he can, you know, have a good, healthy offseason, come into spring training, whenever that starts, be healthy and just have a healthy season. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, one other thought on the bench. I, I uh, you know, I wouldn't put money on this, but I think I'm higher on Luke Rayleigh than a lot of people are. 
I think, you know, I, I keep going back to the thing we talked about last year, early in the season where it was, you know, I forget who it was that said it, but somebody said that, that the gap between AAA and the big leagues is bigger than it's ever been. And we talked about why that might be. And part of it was the lost season in 2020. And so I wonder if a year removed from the COVID year, if that gap will close a little bit, because the fact is Luke Rayleigh hit really, really well in AAA last year. And he hit really, really poorly in the major leagues. And if he could close that gap some, you know, I, I think that he could be a guy who could come off, have a lot of power off the bench. And, and honestly, I mean, Edwin Rios, when we first saw him come up, he was overmatched in the big leagues. And then he ended up being a really valuable part of the 2020 team. And so uh, I, I could see a similar path for, for Luke Rayleigh, maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Um, and hopefully that is the case because, like I said, he's one of the guys that would be theoretically on the bench right now. So, all right, we're going to talk about extending Trey Turner first. We're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar, best tasting protein bar. It's New Year's. Maybe you have some resolutions. It might not be about getting fit or it might be about getting fit. Uh, but I'm sure everyone wants to eat a little healthier or find, you know, a new snack that can help you out. Built Bar is the one for you. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in chocolate. They got a bunch of different flavors. They're always adding flavors, changing flavors, you know, finding out what, what you really want. And it's low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, high protein, perfect to kind of maybe if you need to do a purge after the holiday season. Built Bars are, are the perfect thing to help you with that purge. You can replace it with whatever you're eating now, whatever dessert you have, you can replace it with the Built Bar and you're not going to lose much in taste, if anything, in taste. So right now you can go to Built.com and you can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Go check it out. Go get you some Built Bars and uh, you know let them know we sent you, I guess. Uh, we're back and we are... Well, let me refresh remind you to make Lockdown Dodgers your first listen every day. Every weekday we're here, but if you miss a day, you can also listen on the weekend. We're not going to tell anybody, so make sure to do that. And let's get into the next one, which is working on an extension with Trey Turner. We've talked – I think I talked about this in one of the episodes where it was before Seager had signed, like, would I want Seager or Turner? I don't think we've talked specifically about Trey Turner. Like, specifically, Trey Turner extension has been in conversations that we've had so far. But I guess it's one of those things where is a Trey Turner extension necessary at this point? Is, should it be a priority? Um, do we even think he is thinking about that or he wants to play it out? We've seen a couple of times in past years where the Dodgers – Said they were talking about extension, didn't quite reach it, and then whoever that player was ended up getting way more money than probably they could have. They would if they would have way more money than they might have settled for an extension. Zach Greinke being one of them, Corey Seager maybe even being one of them. I don't know if that you know Seager thought he was going to get three hundred twenty-five million, but you know, I guess what what's your thoughts on the Trey Turner extension process? Yeah, I I go back and forth on this. Trey Turner is very very good, and I like having him on the Dodgers. It's uh. I'm not totally sure that he is their plan for their shortstop of the future, you know, um, whether that that plan is Gavin Lux or whether it is Carlos Correa or whether it is somebody else, um, you know. And, and so Trey Turner, in order to get him to forego free agency, it seems like they'd have to throw a lot of money at him. And I, I don't know, like something about – Trey Turner 
even and it doesn't have anything to do with his postseason struggles. I know a lot of people soured on him from that. Um, something about even as good as he is, something about him doesn't totally blow me away. Uh, and, and it's not, you know, that's probably not quite what I even mean to say. Uh, because I don't want to give the impression I don't think he's very good. I do, I think the Dodgers are a better team with him, um, and and I think his skill set is likely to to age pretty well. Um, but it's uh, maybe it's just because he hasn't been a Dodger for for very long, and so we're not as emotionally attached to him as we were to Seager or you know some of these other guys. But uh, you know, if if Turner was interested in talking about an extension that would be at, you know, somewhat of a hometown discount, not a huge hometown discount, but if he, you know, if he likes it there and says, okay, let's make something work out, something that works for both sides, I'd be in favor of it. I don't think that this would have made it, if I was making a list of Dodgers five New Year's resolutions, I don't think Trey Turner extension would have made my list. Yeah, and honestly, I've, I feel that it's, I feel the same way. I love Trey Turner. Like every time the Dodgers faced him, I hated facing him. You know, especially 2016 NLDS. Like that's the first time you got a taste of him, and you know, 2019 NLDS, and and whatever the case is. And even though he didn't do that great, it's still once he was on the bases, I was like, damn. Now he's you know, especially against the Dodgers, it just seems recent years they haven't been able to keep guys on base. So maybe that that was part of it too. But I would say it was a little underwhelming. Like I don't know. It, it just. It was fun, but he was kind of up and down, not as consistent. It was, you know, he started off a little slow, then got hot, and then, was, you know, was kind of just in, and then got hot toward the end, and then, like I said, playoffs. That, that wouldn't completely change my thoughts of him because, you know, everyone on this Dodger roster has kind of struggled in playoffs at some point. But I would say the overall Trey Turner experience was a little underwhelming. Maybe that's because I had higher expectations. It could be, like, similar to the Manny Machado era where – yeah, he, the Dodgers don't make the World Series without Manny Machado, and and you know I, I'm glad he what he did, but it also felt like damn, I think Manny Machado could have done more, or I expected more out of it. I think it's the same thing, and this always felt like the Dodgers were trading for Scherzer, and then they're like, well, if Trey Turner is also available, let's go get him if it only costs us like one more big prospect, which you know, theoretically probably what it was, but it's it it did feel. It's never felt like, oh, Trey Turner loves a dot. Like, it wasn't an instant connection. At least it didn't feel like it. Maybe that's just the type of guy he is. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely don't feel like an extension is probably likely, at, really, at, at, at all. It doesn't seem like that's something they're rushing to do. You know, look at some of his peripherals, and, yeah, he has the speed and, and everything else. But, I mean, he's not really dominating anything else offensively that – Stands out like if you're looking at the baseball savant page, obviously he had the good numbers, you know, 328 bad average, 911 OPS, 28 home runs. You know, he he almost 200 hits, but I don't know. It was just kind of it was a weird thing, and 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 maybe it is because we haven't had him for a while, or or you know, maybe it was a lot of expectations I had personally put on him. But yeah, I'm not knocking down the door to do an extension right now. Yeah, and and some of it for me comes down to what I talked about on one of my solo episodes recently about stolen bases. And if Trey Turner can kind of be that catalyst that leads to the Dodgers as a team running more, uh, I, I feel like that value is there. Cause you know, Turner obviously is very, very fast, a very good base stealer. And I feel like there are a lot of other guys on the team who have potential to, to be maybe not as good as him, but to be good base stealers. And so, you know, if, 
if Turner could be D Gordon, except he can hit, you know, then, you know, we have a ton of people still, people still want D Gordon back, even though he wasn't very good. All he was was fast. And, uh, you know, if Trey Turner can be D Gordon, but good at baseball, that would be do a lot to, to make me want him for a long time. Uh, I, I do think when it comes to his postseason performance, I don't believe I, I believe that 99% of the time postseason ability is not a different skill than overall ability. And so I think that there, that I think there probably are one or two guys who uh, actually do shrink under the pressure. And I think there's one or two guys who actually do step up to the pressure in the postseason. But for the most part, I think most guys are the same player in the postseason. And sometimes slumps happen and sometimes they happen in October. We saw it AJ Pollock in 2019. We, we saw it with Corey Seager until 2020. He was bad in the postseason. Cody Bellinger has been really bad in the postseason and really good at times. Barry Bonds was one of the worst. He was terrible in the postseason until 20 or 2002. He had the best postseason anyone's ever had. And so there's all the, you know, uh, so I expect Trey Turner to be better in the 2022 postseason than he was in 2021 because he's a very good baseball player. And uh, so, yeah, all in all, I'm in favor of the Dodgers having really good players on their team. And Trey Turner is a really good player. So I'd like him to stay on the team. Uh, and, but, and I don't even think, you know, if they were to go after Correa or somebody, you know, Turner has that position, positional flexibility with second base or the outfield or whatever, uh, you know, they could move him around and still keep him, uh, keep his bat in the lineup. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities there and, uh, I, I like having Trey on the team and I hope he has a really good season. Yeah. And like I said, he can easily sway me. Uh, with 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 another strong season. The other part too is, you know, the Rangers probably. I wouldn't say, yeah, I would say overpaid for for Corey Seager. I don't. I did not expect Corey Seager to get that much money. The Mets definitely overpaid Francisco Lindor because they were trying to make the splash with their new owner. And then I'm really interested to see in what Correa gets because there's not that many teams theoretically that have 300 million to spend or need a shortstop that bad. So I'm very interested to see what Correa gets to see if that kind of sets Trey Turner's market. You know, obviously if he goes into free agency, there's always going to be somebody that wants to spend more or ends up spending more than than you may think, and maybe that's what he's banking on. But I do think that, you know, also depending on what happens with the CBA, the Dodgers, you know, could benefit from waiting and saying, you know what, if you want to take your chances, go ahead. But we have our offer here that we know we're not going to probably change, and if you want to come back and, and take that offer, you can go right ahead. Yeah, if every team that needs a shortstop fills their shortstop hole this offseason, then yeah, that affects Trey Turner's market next year and and maybe affects his mindset on how amenable he is to an extension. Yeah. Talking about another extension, extension for Dave Roberts. The first bet online is here and they got you covered this holiday season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the football pro football playoffs and you got the one big bowl game left the national championship but bet online's your number one spot for all sports action not just football this season and right now you can get a 50 percent welcome bonus with the promo code locked on when you head to bet online's website on your laptop or mobile device that's promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit go check that out go get your bonus from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, last resolution on here is extend Dave Roberts' contract. Dave Roberts is somewhat polarizing, maybe not 100% polarizing, but definitely more and more polarizing people on the Dodgers or involved with the Dodgers right now. He is you know, obviously due for an extension if the Dodgers want to give him one. Um, maybe there's something they're working on. We're not sure, but I know there's people that – would not want to extend him. I don't know there's people that do want to extend him. I would imagine we're both in the same boat. We'll probably have different reasonings or thoughts about it, Jeff. So uh, you're up first. Yeah, I am firmly in the all in favor camp. Uh, I, I think Dave Roberts uh, has the number one skill that you can't teach for a manager. And that's the people skills, the managing people ability. Uh, I shouldn't say you can't teach. It's very hard to teach that. And, you know, I don't know that you can ever be as good at it being taught it that, that as you are just being born with it or, you know, learning it growing up or whatever it is that Dave Roberts has. I believe that Dave Roberts is the best manager of people in Major League Baseball and everything else can be taught. You know, the, the foibles that he has as a an in-game manager, uh, he can be taught. There There are ways to learn and you know, I, I think a lot of people who uh, think that he has more in-game problems than than I do, I, I I think I just disagree with them on a lot of things. But yeah, there are some things that Dave Roberts, I, I think he gets wrong. And uh, I could be wrong about that. And, but if I am right on any particular thing, those are things that the Dodgers employ a lot of smart people to figure those things out. And I believe that Dave Roberts is interested in learning them. And so I think, you know, I would hope that Dave Roberts learned a thing or two in the 2021 postseason about using starting pitchers in relief. Um, you know, I part of me would have hoped that he had learned that a little bit in 2019. Um, but, you know, the uh, whatever it is, that's a specific example. All these things in any specific in-game issues he has, I think he can learn, and I think that all of those things are far outweighed by the fact that players love playing for him. And uh, for all his in-game issues, Dave Roberts, uh, win percentage-wise, is one of the most successful managers in, in baseball history. And so, uh, you know, people say, well, anybody can win with that, that roster. Uh, that's not true. There have been plenty of talented teams over the years that didn't win. And uh, – the fact that Dave Roberts, yes, the Dodgers have spent money putting together a good roster, uh, but Dave Roberts is a great manager of people and a very good baseball manager, very successful, and I think the Dodgers should keep him as as long as he wants to be around, basically. I agree with that, and, and you know, I think last year, I think that Giants series was probably one of his better managed series in general. Um, you know, just the way he he – wasn't afraid to pull guys early. Went to the bullpen, you know, trusted the bullpen for the most part. I think it, it, like I said, it bit him a little bit. And then it was CS trying to go, maybe get a little too cute. Then, then rather than use some guys or trust some guys that were maybe unproven or, or you know, rookies, whatever the case is. I think he did go a little bit, you know, different in the NLCS. But I do think NLDS was one of the more better managed games. Even the the wild card game, you know, pulling Scherzer that early. Not something that's easy to do and keeping people happy, you know, 
utilizing the bullpen and, and getting those guys and getting through that game and it you know worked out for him. Um, and in terms of the past, yeah, he has made mistakes and and you know there's still some times where we don't necessarily always agree uh, with what he does, but for the most part, you know it, it comes down to sometimes you need guys to, to do their job too. And the other part too is you know same thing you mentioned, the manager people. People take for granted what we've had with the Dodgers these last eight year, eight, nine years. Because when you have that much talent on a team, yes, it might be easier to win if they all play right, but it's also a lot easier to fall apart. We've seen teams with a lot of good players fall apart with you know the Padres last year. You know, the, the that manager wasn't equipped to handle all those personalities or or whatever the case was, communication, everything. And the Padres had a good team that should have been in the playoffs. They weren't in the playoffs. And and that go, came down to management. And as we saw, they fired their manager and they got a new manager. And, you know, I think it's a good move for them because Bob Melvin's been around for a while. And he's a guy that knows how to handle a clubhouse. You know, with the A's, it's a little bit different. They have a lot of talent, but they also, like, bring in a lot of people and, and you know, have a little bit different quirks in here and there. And, you know, managing that is, you know, different. You know, the fact that Jock Peterson – and Kike and all these guys leave and, you know, say, you know, Dave Roberts, the communication was always there. I never had an issue, even though, you know, they wanted to be an everyday player, but we never hear about it. We never hear about it in season. There's never anything that happens. You know, nothing ever leaks out. If Even if there is issues, it doesn't leak out. You know, I'm sure there's communication going on all the time. So I think people take that for granted a lot. And at the end of the day, yeah, he he, he messes up sometimes, but so do the players. And, and that's just what it comes down to. And I think the, the, reason that the regular season goes good every single season every single year is because he's in there communicating and being a manager and managing people and i would not take that for granted as a dodger fan and especially as the dodgers and i don't think they are i think dave roberts will be here as as you know barring some some crazy things that happen i think he will be here as long as they need because the stability the managing of people and he's probably you know he's been getting better he still makes mistakes in game but you know, it also comes down to the players make mistakes too. So, yeah, and I I honestly believe that when it comes to in-game decisions, the best manager in baseball maybe wins his team an extra two or three games a season, and the worst manager in baseball maybe loses five or six games a season. I don't think there's that big of a of a gap. You know, I, I think there's probably a lot of people who really believe that. Dave Roberts either wins or loses 15 or 20 games for, for the Dodgers. And I just don't believe any manager can have that impact. Uh, but where a manager can have an impact is like you said, on having a team that, you know, is in the right mindset to play in the right position to play and, and playing, you know, and, you know, you mentioned last year's Padres, my bold prediction before last season was that the Dodgers were going to finish 13 games ahead of the Padres. That was a bold prediction. And I was not even halfway to the correct number. The Padres weren't as good as the Dodgers last year, but they were not 27 games worse than the Dodgers last year. But they finished 27 games behind them. And a lot of that, you know, it, it comes down to leadership, you know, and whether that is a case of, you know, the Padres having unmanageable players or if it's a case of them just not having the right manager in place. I, I don't know for sure, but I suspect that if Dave Roberts had last year's Padres roster, they win 93 games, you know, and uh, and that didn't happen with the Padres. And, uh, you know, I, I think Dave Roberts is outstanding. The one other note I have on him is one of the gripes that a lot of people have with him is during the regular season, they, they think he doesn't manage with enough urgency. And I think that I, I see that as so much of a positive because we saw 
with Jock Peterson a couple of years ago. You know, Doc's favorite phrase of keeping him relevant. You know, Jock Peterson was awful and he kept getting at bats because Doc was keeping him relevant. And then boom, he picked it up and he ended up having a really good season. Chris Taylor in 2019, I think, started off terrible, awful, just could not hit. And everybody, everybody wanted him benched. And Roberts just kept playing him. And guess what? He figured it out. And Dave, Chris, Chris Taylor, the value he's provided to the Dodgers in 2020 and 2021, there's no way that he would have provided that value if Roberts had given up on him when everybody wanted him to in 2019. And, you know, that list goes on and on and on. And so when we get annoyed at guys getting bat, at bats, getting playing time when they don't deserve it, that is a pro. That's on the, the pro list, not the con list on things about Dave Roberts as a manager. Yeah, when it's come down to it or when, you know, the going got tough or there was a, a way of them not either winning the division or, or a playoff spot, whatever the case is, they've made the changes. Like I said, 60-game season, he managed it like it was you know, the, the last 30 games of the year the whole time. 2018, we saw the pl- big platoon splits, you know, the, the line changes, as we called it, where half the team would come in after the starter left. And, you know, when they've had to make the changes they had, and obviously in the moment, it, it's, you know, it sucks. AJ Pollock, one of those guys where we, you know, we've basically gotten rid of him a few times on this podcast and he, you know, he ends up coming through and, you know, that's the fate that he has to have. And, and there's different conversations that are being had that we're not privy to that we're, we will never be privy to that, you know, between front office and Dave Roberts and Dave Roberts and the other coaches and Dave Roberts and the players. And, you know, there's a lot of that stuff, like I said, that, that a lot of us probably take for granted or a lot of fans do take for granted. And, you know, he, he's going to be the guy for a long time, barring any, you know, crazy things or he does happen to lose a locker room at one point or whatever the case is, but I just don't see it happening. Yep. All right. Those are the five resolutions. Thanks to Fabian Ardaya for uh, providing those. And we, you know, riffed on them. So it was, uh, it was, we were, it's like a sampling music. We were sampling his article and and that's how we, uh, you know, made today's episode. Uh, Jeff, you got anything else before we head out? Uh, No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I did notice today this hat that I'm wearing, uh, the only time I ever wear it is when we're podcasting. I actually just keep it here in my office and I throw it on. I have a different Dodger hat that I keep in my car for when I'm going out in public. I just, you know, hop in the car and put on that Dodger hat. But this one is just my podcast hat. Okay. Yeah, I think this one's becoming just my podcast hat too. So we're, we're on the same boat there. Yep. Um, all right. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we will probably both be back here and talking about something with the Dodgers, maybe having a draft of sorts. We have a couple ideas in the bank that we need to prepare for, so maybe we'll have one of those tomorrow. Uh, but make sure to make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on our platforms. We are also on Instagram and Twitter, Locked On Dodgers. You can find Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Amperio. DMs are open on all those accounts if you have any questions, comments, concerns. You can also send them via text or voicemail at 323-863-LOCK. That's 5625. Or via email, at gmail.com. We're every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device, play a podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.